You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides, your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 39, recorded September 21st, 2019. Tonight's topic is Shadowkeep Prep, Erismorn after the Crota Fire Team. I'm your host for the evening. I am Elemist. This is Ivan. This is Ivan. And let's just jump straight into podcast news. Uh, we encourage feedback. You can send that to us via Twitter at Guardians underscore lore, via email at Guardians underscore lore at Outlook.com, or leave us a review wherever you find this podcast. Um, honestly, we've been getting a lot of emails and a lot of love on Twitter, and it's been amazing. Yes, been definitely enjoy. Uh, I also you- have been so sorry. I've been really enjoying people who are like binging old episodes. Maybe they've just found us on Focus Fire or just kind of stumbled across us on Twitter. Whatever the reason, um, I've been really enjoying the people who have been going through binging all of the questions we've asked in the past. Um, them answering them now, sending us emails, answering that now. So it's been really fun to hear about some of your guys's, you know, um, destiny memories and gamer tags and why uh, in those emails. So yeah, if you're ever listening back to these and you're binging them and you feel like, well, I've missed that like opportunity. No, we, we still love hearing that. So don't ever think that it's a missed opportunity because that's been a lot of fun too. Absolutely. Yep. We're definitely reading everything. We might not always send something back or shout at everyone on the podcast, but we always read and appreciate everything. But as we've gotten so much love, we can't always uh, get excited yeah, like by our one email and read everything. <laughs> I know. As <laughs> much as we want to now, it's it's crazy to think it, it actually has gotten to the point where we can't fool on or read everything anymore because yeah. it take up too much time. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Like, it, it is, but again, it is, we can't read it on the podcast. We are 100% reading everything that comes through personally and then screenshotting it and sending it to each other and getting really excited about it all over again. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, we just had a few emails over the past couple of days and I've screenshot them and sent them off to the group and we get so much love. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's amazing. Because I hear, you hear so many people or content creators who talk about, you know, they have to deal with negativity or, you know, they appreciate when they do get some um, some kind words and to, to shout out your content creators that you like because they don't hear it enough. And I've just been saying to myself, like, wow, we're not experiencing that. So it is definitely a joy and a privilege to be part of a, an amazing uh, community. That I think a lot of that stems from the people that both Destiny and the lore community attract. So thank you, Absolutely. guys. And we love being part. And with that being said, uh, stuff you may have missed in Destiny. We had Iron Banner this week. Um, I didn't play a whole lot of Iron Banner. I really haven't had, like, any time. I've gotten in it a little bit. I plan on doing a little bit more today and tomorrow as of recording. But, uh, yeah, not as much. There's not really much as much to do. Um, I'm just still trying to get a, a nice Swarm of the Raven just so I can have one. Uh, for the future, even though I feel like it's not going to be as important, which I'm definitely thankful for because 
in about like a week. Mechanics. Yeah, but I still think it would be nice to have a nice grenade launcher like that. So definitely. And this coming up week, so like if you're listening to this when it drops in like two hours, there will be mayhem, double valor, and double infamy. Mm-hmm. And one week from Shadowkeep. Oh yeah. Ah, so exciting. It's pretty crazy. I am. I am so looking forward to it. Yes, I am too. It's like bittersweet because I know that I took off most of that week to play. But come Sunday, I have to go out of town for a little over two weeks for work. So I'm a little sad that I'm not going to be here for a lot of the drops and things. Fortunately, I think the first exotic quest that's starting up is on the 22nd when I come home. So I don't think I'll miss that at least, which is cool. I mean, you will be a little bit busy that night. So. Yeah. Not with me. God, that sounded really sexual. We have tickets right. just so you think you can dance alive. That really sounded sexual. Oh, my God. I just realized. <laughs> I was like, I'm what s- are we doing? We I'm have tickets here. to a show. I'm sitting here and I'm like, marital duties. All right. Oh I'm just like sitting here out. doing my nails, like looking down. And had my camera been on, you guys would have seen my like face rise in terror. Crazy. As I realized there what wasn't I even said. Yeah, try to watch your phrasing, man. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We're married. It's okay. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> and actually, something that I didn't put in the notes, um, we had a narrative preview that came out. Gosh, it's so great. I didn't end up reading all five. I think I... I'm sure... Are all five out by now? Have you read all five? Yes. I've read all five. I only read the first good. three, and I actually forgot come what friday with some craziness so i'm gonna read those after this but yeah the ones i read were fantastic read the first one which i think ended up for me right she read the first one before i did i didn't have to say anything to her it was very impressive no because i got a notification from one of our followers you know what this feels like a shout out moment lazaric the lazarich the lich yep that one lazarich the lich he was the one who tagged me in some new lore well, tagged us as a podcast, and that's how I knew about it. So thank you, sir, for keeping me in the loop. Or ma'am, I'm assuming you're a sir. But you know what? I don't know your life. I don't know your life. We, we don't know how you identify. That's, I mean, you could yeah. be in an Apache helicopter for all we know. For all I know, you identify as a sentient patch of haze. Some sort of lich, so. <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah, I, I read all five, and it's we're not going to be covering it tonight unless we have time. Which, which we probably I won't, because we never do. It's a narrative preview. We'll hold that until we get it, because it could connect to some of the new lore, so we'll hold off until we really we know. We shall hold. Through. Yeah. If you guys it's really kind of relevant, though. It as a sweet nighttime story, just hit me up. I'll record it and release it separately. <laughs> Just kidding. I probably won't. You don't want to hear my voice all alone, creepily. Like, well, heck, like, I actually did do that for the pretty girl. Oh. <laughs> Hyven used to read me some story about a mouse. I don't remember any of it because it was literally, I wanted a bedtime story over FaceTime. And it was specifically like, well, if you listen to it, it's a good book. If not, it's cool. I read her the nice, easy lead. I read her Martin the Warrior from the Redwall series, one of my favorite books when I was younger. Uh, I just remember that. Kind of about a mouse. It is about a mouse, but. It is. 
They're real life characters kind of thing. It's anthropomorphized. That's the word. Anyway. Anywho. Anyway. Very irrelevant. I have just great bed- bedtime stories, guys. Okay. So I expect a bedtime story tonight, Hyven. Oh, he's not romantic anymore. Um, <laughs> to you. Yeah, I was going to read all of the bedtime stories. <laughs> oh, my God. We read the lore to each other as we fall asleep over Skype. Is that what happens after I fall asleep <laughs> after these? Occasionally. Podcasts. Occasionally. Occasionally. Um, Mrs. Hyven, do you have a, a question for your corner? Dude. So, actually... So much. Oh, oh, oh! It happened this week. Wow, sorry. I just flung that word out there. Starting off. Are you I know. Off I've been trying to be better because I don't. Promise awake. No, um, I'm actually pretty awake. Um, <laughs> and doing my nails, and I've taken my medicine now. So, like, all of the things are culminating into like, um, so a lot of things happened this week, and I have a lot of thoughts. Some questions. What do you mean by thoughts. a lot of things? No. I Sorry, know. I listened. I got new headphones this week, um, new wireless headphones. So um, I caught up on a lot of old podcasts that I was uh, behind on, and then went because I got behind from listening to so much Focus Fire. So I finally have caught up on all my other podcasts and switched back over to Focus Fire, and I'll binge them for a couple more weeks. So I've listened to a lot. That makes more sense, because when you just say a lot of stuff has happened, that could mean, like, stuff has happened at work, stuff has happened in your life. <laughs> no, you, a lot uh, of focus fires happen happened in my in life. Destiny. In fact, I had a lot of yeah. downtime at work, so I had a lot of, like, extra focusing time. I just sit there and listen and do some filing every so once in a while. So you focused like, your fire. I did. I really, and it really helped me, like, focus on my filing, too. Did like, your light shine bright? It did. Like, you should see how organized those files are, because, like, everything was amazing. So, anywho, lay the question. So, for starters, the Vex simulate, right? Yeah. Yes. They can indeed. I don't know what card they were reading, but they were reading a card where they referenced in two different pieces your Sim knows and your Sim self is saying the same thing. And then it went into. Okay, yeah. And then it went into this whole existential thing of like, but are How do you know if you're the real one? Yeah. yeah. So we, I want to know your guys' thoughts on that. But I have more just, after this, so don't go oh, too far down the hole with this. Number us. one, we are not getting into that story, but we will be getting into the Vex next week's episode. Um, in Ishtar Collective is actually an episode that we will be doing. Probably so we will. We'll, at one point, we'll be doing the whole story. It's a whole full story. So. Do you want to wait to rabbit hole on that until then? Yes, but I guess we could give yeah. you a quick general. If you have like a, a, a um, I don't know, like an easy, a shorthanded way of asking like a quick question. No, I'm I not don't. I'll let you spin foil on that later because I do have a separate section okay. of okay. question. So today, well, uh, not today. The Vex can, sorry, I was just going to just know that the Vex, yes, can simulate you. And it's the whole idea of how do you know that you're not the simulation, um, which if a simulation is good enough. How would you know kind of thing? And that's kind of what happens to the people in the Ishtar Collective. And there's a whole story about that, but we'll get into it. But now the uh, thing here to remember is that the effects have a lot of difficulty simulating uh, pericausality. Yes. No, so, I like, did get that from the episode, too. So, like, they can't um, simulate our guardians. Don't go too far into this. Yes. Okay. Moving on. All right. We're going to spin foil later. You guys seem eager to spin foil, but stop. Okay. Yeah. So... This week on Twitter, 
this week at Bungie, this week on Twitter. You know, the... Which one? The twob, twob. or the... It's the twob. <laughs> no. The... Twob? No, Ryan, I can't say what it what is. What are you saying? <laughs> right, this I was week just... on Twitter. Oh. I can't say what that is. <laughs> Whoops! We're going to call it the tater tot. Yeah. So anyways... Um, I apologize for not knowing the artist, but somebody posted some fan art of Aldrin in a suit, like just a normal suit, nice, well-fitted suit. And it kind of got me thinking, like, and this is not a question. This is a completely, like, I just want us to all go through this word project and picture together and kind of just like go down my rabbit hole for a minute, which is a very different rabbit hole than y'all's. Um, <laughs> okay. So it got me thinking like, what if one day they came across some old like theater, you know, in on earth and it was kind of untouched and it just had like all of these old costumes or something like, what would you want them to come across? And what do you think, like, maybe a specific character and just in general, the thought would be, like, if they were to come across maybe, like, a very... Like, you like show tunes, Elmas. Like, what if they came across, like, costumes for the, like, for um for Wicked? You know, like, what would they think about those people? Like, who wore these things? <laughs> well, actually, what the Cryptarchs actually... Their actual job is, is recovering parts of history that are lost. So they actually make references to... But I'm like, do you, you think like, they would be able to grasp, like, um, this was a theater costume and not, like, a normal wardrobe? Well, I would say yes, because they put on, the ghosts put on a uh, nice theater. What is it, yeah. uh, Crota Ghost Nightmare Daddy? No, Oryx, Nightmare Daddy. What? Yeah. You don't remember Oryx, the Nightmare Daddy? They put on their own play. The four and a half act play? Oh, I do, I do, I do. Never mind. <laughs> so I would say that they probably have some understanding of plays and theater still. So how about that? And like the Guardians themselves might be kind of clueless about it, <laughs> but the civilians would know. Yeah, and I think the Cryptarchy probably has documentation of a lot of that kind yes. of stuff. Because in the Golden Age, I'm sure we probably still had a lot of entertainment, not just science uh, development, you know? The yeah. Golden Age, everything's golden. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that just kind of like put me on like a fun little brain thought of like, what if they came across that or, or even just thinking about like my guardian wearing, you know, some clubbing outfit even, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know. It was just an interesting like thought picture. I'm just thinking of like, what if my Titan came across like a gladiator outfit and he's, he's looking at it and he's like. Well, no, like, he's looking at it going, well, this isn't protective at all. <laughs> See, you guys went whimsical with this. My brain went, you were talking about, like, fun, happy times. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, when we finally attain peace, we can wear all these costumes and this could be my casual clothes. What my brain said is once they're peace, what happens to guardians? Does the light disappear and we all die? So maybe our guardians maybe our guardians never actually attain peace we are truly just weapons so we will never have casual civilian wear i like mrs hyvins in my answer better that's what i'm curious about though that's (laughs) what i I did want everyone to play with my picture thought too but we do have fun while we're alive play with my toys i'm just saying i just just thought about that like if we 
saved the world, would we still stay alive? Would we turn to normal humans? Or would we just die again? I don't know, man. I don't know. But why we are still here, let's keep putting on theater. <laughs> but yeah, so again, I apologize to the artists for not taking a screenshot or time to really like recognize your name. I really didn't think I'd even like get this fully formed thought out of it. And it still really wasn't that fully formed, but you guys ran with it with me. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a really interesting thing that I saw on Twitter this week. Um, of Aldrin in a suit. He looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. I will maybe try and attempt to find it later throughout this episode. So I can give credit where credit is due because it was also a very good drawing. Yeah, like you could uh, re- reference it in the uh, shout-outs. Yeah. Um, and worst-case scenario, you can post about it in the uh, on the Twitter account afterward. <laughs> of course. So now, a uh, brief intro to the topic. Eris was part of the tragic first Crota fire team. If you want to listen to that, listen to episode 38, the one from last week. She was introduced in D1's first DLC, The Dark Below, uh, as a vendor for a faction called Crota's Bane. Um, In that DLC, she tasked us with killing Crota. Later on, in The Taken King, she and Cade were on comms with us, uh, leading us to kill Oryx. She helped craft The Touch of Malice and translated The Books of Sorrow. So essentially, she's a hive expert. And this episode will be another mix of substantial D1 grimoire, D1 story missions, and D2 lore tabs. And I believe you're starting it, Hyven. Indeed. We have no potentially problematic words for Mrs. Hyven to read. So I believe it's my turn to be first reader. Curse of the first reader. Get ready. Yeah, we'll see. So, our first card is from D1, Dark Below Time Period, and it is Crota's Bane. Eris Morn is the sole survivor of an ill-fated raid on the Hive's Lunar Fortress. It was Eris and a ragtag fire team who, after the first charge to take back the moon, sacrificed everything to return in search of the one the Hive call Crota. Robbed of her ghost, Eris remained lost among the darkest shadows of the Hellmouth for countless cycles. Despite all odds, she endured, using the very dark she battled to emerge a changed warrior. Driven, some would say, obsessed. The Speaker and Commander Zavala find her compulsions a sickness, convinced she has been fully seduced by the shadows. Though her warnings of Crota and his power are often Dismissed as madness, Eris returns to the shadows time and time again, operating as one of Ikora Ray's hidden, a clandestine group of guardians tasked with silently infiltrating enemy strongholds and gathering vital intel for the warlocks. Um, so, I don't know, I guess I feel like this kind of sets up where we left off to where we're starting this week of, like, Eris post the failed Crota raid. That's kind of what I'm getting here. Mm-hmm. Pretty we much. We get a little bit of information about, well, we already know about her kind of surviving, having to use the darkness to help. We saw that in the last card. And then, uh, yeah, we see what people think of her. Yeah. 
we see that her coming back with high eyes is not completely and fully received with complete understanding. <laughs> right. Um, at this point, she's still a guardian, but she doesn't have a ghost. So her next death is her final death. And we see that everybody considers her mad, but as we'll see tonight, she's Except not. Except for Akora. Right. Cora actually gave her work. Put her in a pretty... In, I mean, that's like you taking a psychopath and putting them in the CIA. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, she didn't think she was crazy. Even the, And really, the speaker in Zavala, I would say anyone within power, wasn't that they all thought she was crazy. They didn't trust her. They thought she was, you know, taken over by the darkness. And, and then the average citizen just thinks she's a raving lunatic just spouting out random. She does have some hilariously weird um idle dialogue in the tower she's creepy that's all she's that creepy aunt who lives under the the stairs literally because they moved her under the stairs yeah all right well that's kind of just introduction to who she is i don't have anything else for that i don't either all right i'm going to be reading urn of sacrifice the hive pantheon only begins with crota the shattered one said he is but a child among their gods. Even now, I can hear the hive calling to them and to Crota's maker, Orox. I can lead you to their most unholy rites, and there we can taint their faith and sully their offerings. But be warned, what we dabble in now could bring us to a very fortunate but challenging future. Eris Morn. So two things. One, Clorox. I was going to say that the introduction of Clorox in our galaxy. Um, Do I say it like that? Yeah, we're just rapping you. It's it's Oryx. Oryx? Oryx? Oryx. Whatever. (laughs) We both just tried to say it right. Oryx. All good. The leading chemical brand well, of bleach. No, cause so it, can, it, it reminds me of... We eradicate all. Like, a, oh my god. What's the Pokemon that has kind of a similar name? It's that, like, Onyx. rock snake? Onyx. That's what it reminds me of when I see it. I don't know if that makes my saying it the way I do any better. No, but... because if you're saying, like, Onyx, it would be, like, Oryx. That would make more sense. You're Shut saying Oryx. Go eat your sandwich. If you're trying to say, like, Teox, you're combining them. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that we referenced the Shattered one here. That was the second thing I wanted to bring up. Um, Eris actually doesn't call him Tolit. She calls him the Shattered one. Tolan the Shattered. Did you know he was the Shattered one before they took oh, yeah. him to the raid? That's what they called him when they kicked him out of the city. They said that yep. he was just basically, you know, he was obsessed with the hive, with the darkness, and he had lost it. But they were desperate, and that's why we said it was probably not a great idea for them to seek him. Although, with the new um, previews, I've gotten a little bit of a different like view of Tolan in there. In the previews, I he's, still view yeah. him in the same way, but... He seemed like he didn't quite mean for everyone to die, though, in those cards. I mean, he was trying to help her. But we'll get into that. But, like, he he's... Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that later, because I... <laughs> I I stand by what I think of him. Oh, I don't like him. Let's not go that far. He's still a B-pole to Elemus. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, that for sure. But also, the acknowledgement that Crota is just a baby among the Hive, which we already know. 
because we've gone over Books of Sorrow. Excuse me, sorry. But um, when we <laughs> got these cards, we hadn't... This was just the whispering of Oryx coming into existence. We didn't know who Oryx was. So this was the first rumblings of Crota just being at the bottom of the food chain. Which can at you imagine? Point, like, it just killed, like, five people. And it's like, well, but like guess what, guys? He's nothing. Well, like, at this point, Crota killed hundreds, if not thousands. Yeah, I think they. Guardians. I think it's hundreds of guardians. They say so. Yeah, he's. Um, it's and, pretty and, scary. And we had a few other rumblings of Oryx, but like they were very few and far between. Like the sh- the shrine of Oryx. Um, and you have to remember, like this is actually before the DLC where Oryx came to our system, so they were setting that up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like they planned it. Oh my gosh! You mean they didn't just make all the lore from, you know, by the seat of their pants? They had a plan. Who could guess? Hey, not everybody works like Toland, okay? <laughs> and I'll be covering Ghost Fragment Hive Three. And I'll be assisting you with Ghost Fragment Hive Three. Um, I will be covering Ikora's lines. And, and I'll be doing Eris. Yep. This card. We're reading the last half of the, the card. Um, we found that to be the most pertinent to what we're trying to convey. Because, guys, the boys got together and prepped these show notes so we'd be less haphazard than last week. It was good. It was good. It was so a good session. My boys. It was a good we session. Just, it was great. We're just going to have to uh, make it a little bit more scheduled. So we went down a lot of rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, we did. We got the show notes done though for not, two weeks. Not even on this episode. The, it was the next were for one the next for next one. week. Yeah, this one was. Did you guys be... go over next week's too? Yeah, we did too. Yeah. Oh, good <clears> job. <throat> I'm proud of my boys. I watched Downton Abbey. Although we got so distracted, we're gonna have to go over next week's probably again on <laughs> just to nail down the final bits. <laughs> yep. Anyway, back to the show. The Omnigal is here for Rasputin. She is here to pave the way. For Crota? That could ju- just be the beginning. He's not their only god. As I am learning, I will make the others listen. It may be too late. Then you need a new army. I've made that mistake before. You saved us all. Your sacrifice. I am still here. My sacrifice was... Enough. And I should ask new heroes to fall? As they did? It is why we were reborn in the light. My light is all but gone. Cherish what remains, but know that you have done enough. Your time in the shadows, I can't fathom. My role among the hidden is an honor. None would argue, but it's had its cost. Your place is to gather the understanding we need to wage these wars. But your own war is long done. Let those prepared to fight, fight. And should they die? None who walk these towers is afraid, and Rasputin must not fall. Then Onigo must be stopped. Two goals that appear to be one and the same. Perhaps. So, I am to stay? I will see to it. Then let us hope we are strong enough to stand against what is upon us, and hope... The others do not follow.
So, this is just a little bit of the conversation. We kind of put this one in here. It just kind of shows that, uh, well, a couple things. Number one, that Quirrell was coming back into the, well, trying to come back into the material world, which is why we were tasked as Guardians to do things like take out Omnigol, because she was there to bring um, Frota in. Clarification um, what, what? More, more, I don't feel like we ever fully touched on what Omnigol is. Um, so we did discuss, we discussed Omnigol a little bit last week. Um, she is just one of the minions of Crota. Okay. Um, and I forget what her exact title is, but she, is she, she's the will of Crota. Omnigol, yes. will of Crota. Um, so literally, she, while Crota's always existing in the Ascendant Realm, she basically prepares things, she was preparing things in our universe to basically summon him. Um, because he basically kind of went to sleep for a while after killing all those guardians at Marimbrium. So That's so creepy. Yeah, Omnigul, in, in D1, it was actually the first time we saw her. We had to clear her out of Rasputin's kind of like mainframe, some of his buildings that he, his uh, whole, well, he's technically on Mars, but he's got installations on all kinds of different planets. So, um, But we, Eris is giving us, and I, well, Eris and Ikora are talking about how Omnigul needs to be stopped. Um, and that basically just is, it's actually part of the campaign we did trying to keep uh, Crota from regaining his full power. And that's what's going on here. And then the second thing is we see uh, the relationship between Eris and Ikora. Uh, they're, it's a little sensitive here, you know? They're, they're real with each other. Uh, we see that yeah. Eris is kind of realizing that what they did might not have been the best. She already lost a bunch of her friends. She doesn't want to sacrifice more Guardians. Um, you know, but Ikora assures her that we're guardians is what we're supposed to do. You've done enough, and I can't understand like what you've been through. So we see Eris is not that like creepy character we make fun of, but in the same way, like Asher is an odd character. You know, Eris is actually going through a lot of stuff, just like you know, Asher's turning into a Vex. You know, Eris, who knows what she saw down there, but we know she at least came back. Kind of partially hive, and I can't imagine what that would be like for a guardian. Well, and I think it also shows that for her to even ask, so I am to say, and I care to say, I will see to it. I think it shows that there were those who didn't want her to, or were uncomfortable at the thought of it. At least, at least putting up some kind of <clears throat> contention to the idea. Oh yeah. In the last yeah. card, Zavala and the speaker did not trust her. They didn't want her in the tower. Completely. Ikora gave her literally a job, gave her a new purpose. This is why she said she was honored to be a part of the Hidden. I think my next question is, what the heck is she doing in Shadowkeep on the moon if she's got no ghost and, like, shouldn't be doing all this nonsense? Good question. We we, we just don't know. (laughs) Well, Well, we'll get to it. Kind of. Yeah. We will touch on that later. Okay. I shall be patient. So, yeah, hold that question for after we... Get to the Eris Disappears cards. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And one thing you had said, Hyven, that, you know, Crota went to sleep after killing all the Guardians at Mari Embrium. Well, yeah, he was given a buffet. You would go to sleep <laughs> he, if you ate. You fall asleep literally, after Thanksgiving, man. Literally, yeah, he ate all that light, and he literally was, like, resting. It's, you know, waiting for, for when it's he was needed again. That yeah, welcome my pants and fall asleep. I mean, we are. So is that like powerful guardians or like turkeys with more stuffing in them? We got mm-hmm. more light. 
shove some more stuff in there. <laughs> oh, does that mean that poor like Omar Aga was just they were just pulling out his stuffing, feeding it to the children? Anyway, <laughs> spread out the stuffing for the children. I don't think there's anything else to add on this card. You might have something on your mind right now, but I don't think it's relevant. So. <laughs> no. no, it's not. It's not. All right. So that's kind of where the first bit of our story ends. Um, we've kind of broken this episode into a couple parts of Eris. So um, this was basically, we ended up taking out, if you, if you didn't play D1, we took out Omnigul, we took out Crota, everything was safe for a time, but we had little whisperings of Oryx, of a bigger, badder guy coming in. And that is what kind of moves us into the second portion of Eris's life after Crota. And I will be reading our next card. This came about in D1 also, in our House of Wolves DLC. And this is Queen's Ransom. And this is also the last bit of a card. We've included only the pertinent points to Eris. My queen, what of this one? Says Aldrin. He awaits your sentence. You would not sentence a rabid dog, or a hive thrall, or a bomb. The queen's justice is wasted on one such as it. She paused. Varix? Yes, your grace. Skolas is yours. Let the children of light have their play with him. Ah, you are might and justice, my queen, my Kel. The Tekunes gather at the door as the queen approaches it. Prince Aldrin holds it open with a small bow, and the queen touches his shoulder as she passes. Send a crow to Mercury, and another to our new friend in the tower. So we see Eris' <clears throat> connection here, Tamara and Aldrin as the new friend in the tower. But I just want to back up a second. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a question. Again, like you said, I've been listening to a lot of Focus Fire, and I listened to one recently on... You mean you're going to be a lore... You're going to be a true lore nerd soon, and then we're not going to be able to have you as, like, that person who's new to the lore, and we're going to have to replace you and get someone new. <laughs> just kidding. We'll just, you'll just graduate, and then we'll get a fourth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... Um, I'm just messing. We're yeah. still getting there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like I'm graduating from like kindergarten to first grade right now. It's like that graduation yes, where it's purely for the parent to like that get the photo. Ceremony. You know, yeah, it's yeah, completely it, this is, pointless. Well, you know what? Just like that kid, uh, that kindergarten graduation, you're making me an Elmas very proud of you. Aw, my yeah. parents are so proud. Uh, <laughs> but um, but no. So I'm actually kind of this is. Not necessarily card-related. It's a little bit of a detour in this sense. Um, we just talked about how this was the... Um, sorry, you were talking about Wolves. Um, God damn, why can't I think of it? This is from House of Wolves, DLC. House of Wolves. Um, so anyways, the card I was listening to was referring... Um, was the one on Lord Saladin, which also, y'all, if you haven't seen Shaq's Motivations joke, where somebody literally was like, Shaq's Motivation, I need a good joke. And the response was literally just Lord Saladin. Lord Saladin. Oh my god. It Shout out, because that was hysterical. Anyways, that's a detour on my detour. Um, we were talking about the Crucible and Lord Saladin and how Bungie's very into symbolism and wolves are a huge symbolism to Lord Saladin. Is there any connection to House of Wolves and the Crucible or Lord so, Saladin? 
So there is not. No. House of Wolves refers to a house of the fallen. But don't you guys find that a little bit odd, considering the like amount of symbolism that we Wendy's kind of obsessed with? We didn't actually have any reference. We had um, well, House of Wolves came around first. Um, no, Iron Banner was a thing back in in. Iron Banner was a thing, but we hadn't gone to. Um, it wasn't until like Rise of Iron DLC that we actually saw Zavalan. I mean. Oh, Saladin like fighting with wolves, and we actually experienced right. the wolves up on you know Felwinter's Peak. Right. Um. So they weren't exactly tied to. I mean, they were still Iron were Lords. Still... Did we have well, Iron and... Wolves at that point in the lore? Because they we know that they're now basically the same thing. Sometimes we have Iron Wolves. Sometimes we have Iron Lords. So I don't remember chronologically now. So the wolf was still the uh, symbol. the symbol for Iron Banner. Um. But, like, there wasn't any actual lore around it yet. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, so it, they... it's a coincidence. Yeah. But isn't it an odd coincidence, considering Bungie doesn't have a lot of coincidences? It is. Well, I guess, but not really. Um, you have There's not a lot of speculation around this? Uh, it, it, there isn't really any speculation to go on it. It's just the name of one of the houses. The, uh, the, uh, sorry, the, my gosh, I can't speak today. The. Oh my God! The Elixni had houses before they ever came to Earth. Um, we have so many different houses. We have how we have the House of Wolves, House of Kings, House of Devils, uh, House at, at this, Judgment. Oh, there's there's all kinds house, of different houses. House Stone. Um, yep. It yeah. might just be what we have called the um, you know it's like our translation of what the Elixni call themselves. It, it was never. It was never. Uh, like something to speculate, if that makes sense. They just happen to have the same word. It's kind of like if two people meet and one says, "Hey, I'm a blacksmith." Really? My last name is Smith. Yeah. So pretty much. I still don't like it. All right, moving <laughs> well, on. I mean, it, wolves is such a common like word and symbol, you know. So you know, the Iron Wolves recall that because they kind of had like a pack mentality. Same kind of idea thing with the uh, the fallen they are like a pack in that specific group um but house wolves were also mara's um uh, fallen she became the kel of house wolves after that kel got killed and as we kind of hear without going into things too much this card refers to skolas who was trying to retake um house of wolves and that whole dlc was the wolves got free and caused pandemonium in the reef and we came and cleared things out we decimated that house <laughs> This is the very, very end, basically, of what's going on after we finish that whole thing. This is what kind of introduced us right into the Prison Taken King expansion. Well, yeah, Prison of Elders, of course. But as far as lore-wise, yeah. into the Taken King expansion. Sorry, that probably doesn't make you feel better, but there's not a connection. <sighs> Let's just move on. <laughs> but anyway, this is important because we see that she just basically sends... She tells... Aldrin to send a messenger to Mercury and to a new friend in the tower. And, uh, well, Mercury, I guess, yeah, it, Mercury refers it, to Osiris. It's to we all kind of just, we all kind of knew that at the time. And her new friend in the tower, based off of surrounding evidence, evidence, we now know that that is Eris. Um, but that's what our next card continues into. Great. I have the next card. I'm going to be reading Ghost Fragment, The Queen 2. You don't have one. 
The hunter came to a halt in front of the throne, raised her covered face to meet the prince's gaze. No, she agreed. My next death will be my last. I know the feeling, the prince said dryly. The queen kept her expression carefully distant. She sat reclined in her throne, legs crossed, surveying the two figures at the base of the steps. Beside her, where the wolves' guard used to stand, Tecunes, Shuro, and Sedea hovered instead, their jewel-like augments gently humming. To her right and just before stood the prince, facing forward, but his body half-turned back toward her. Your grace, said the man before her at the foot of the stairs. His voice was soft but strong. When he spoke, the hunter started to turn her head toward him, then flinched if someone had shown a bright light into her eyes. Thank you for your gracious welcome, he said. The queen inclined her head slightly. Before we begin, spoke out the hunter, I will say this. She paused, her head tilted up to the throne. The queen waved her hand in assent. The hunter's pale lips tightened slightly, then resumed their usual stony mane. Your grace, she said. Shiro and Sedea shifted, a sudden rustling and whispering. The queen raised one finger to silence them. Aldrin's eyes narrowed, but he said nothing. I am not here for you. The queen stared at the hunter, her expression studiously unchanged. I have no wish to play politics. I have no grievance with the city. Not anymore. I have no grand hopes to end the war. For long have I known I will not see its end. I am here for one battle and one alone. Because it is a battle we must all fight, together or separately. So I will warn the defenders, together or separately. I will do anything. Her loyalty. Her low voice shook with passion. To end, Oryx. A silence rang out in the room. The hunter kept her head raised, her ambiguous gaze directed at the shadows and the throne where the queen reclined. Then a small smile curved the queen's lips. Well said. She straightened and leaned slightly forward so the room's light fell on her face. So let us end him. Such a good card. Yes. Yeah, and so, I butchered it the whole way through. But nobody knows did. that until you said that. <laughs> oh, they'll know it once they get to the bloopers. They won't um, know what card it was. So, the one thing I, I found funny reading through this, um, with everything we know now, <laughs> like, Eris is talking to Aldrin at this point, he points out, you don't have a ghost. No, my next death will be my last. I know the feeling. No, you don't. No, you oh, don't. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I didn't even think of it. That his last death was not the last. Oh, my God. He actually <laughs> died. Uh, <clears throat> God, I didn't even think about that. So, like, Mrs. Hyven read that, and I immediately am like, oh, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I was more focused on the fact that the uh, queen replaced her old wolf guards with freaking raid boss. 
and a strike boss who are supposed to be the but you know what I'm saying? She's got Shuro and Sadia as her guards now. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you went one route, I went the other. You didn't even think about it. Yeah, this is like one of the first cards we got referring to like anything. All all the stuff that we talked about in the Dreaming City and Mara's plan to take Oryx's throne, this is all that stuff being set in motion. But this is the what we got first. And so, like, we just didn't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. Completely. Um, and I love the fact that it's Eris and Osiris going to meet the Queen and Aldrin. And while Osiris was never... We never get him by name here. Um, just by some of his descriptions. Her friend on Mercury. We don't know a lot of Guardians or friends. Anyone, really, on Mercury. And also <laughs> uh, the reference to him shining so brightly that they had to look away. We do have references of Osiris being bright because he was a sun singer warlock. Um, there's even talk of him like always being in radiance, like in his super, like all the time. He's just he's, he was always supposed to be a really bad guardian, which is why a lot of people were so disappointed when they came out with the uh, Curse of Osiris Curse DLC Osiris. because we got like nothing lore wise about Osiris. He was pretty bland. We even now don't know what his connection was in this, but apparently it was something. And I'm hoping that they actually do expand on that. I hope so, too. Yeah, I really do. Because as far as, like, them diving into defeating Oryx, the only thing I can think of is that they were running simulations using the Infinite Forest. Mm, That's a good point. What she actually could need from him. That's a really good point, because, yeah, otherwise I don't really see... We know what the whole plan was, you know? She wanted... Basically, yeah, because Eris was the one who told us... And we, we've talked about this, I know, but recap, if you don't know, Eris... The Queen had Eris commission the Guardians to go into the throne world and take out Oryx. This was after Mara got herself killed and inserted herself into the throne world, his throne world. And then once we went through and killed Oryx, she was able to take the throne world, have her own... And come back to life. But Eris played the part of being the person on like the outside, kind of just guiding everything so that Mara could come back. So Eris played a big part in this. Um, we don't quite know what Osiris did, but that could be a, like a, a good idea because she put her whole armada at risk. Like all yeah. of her people and herself and the Tecunes and like everything. Exactly. Which is like for the fact that Osiris has pretty much all of Mercury to himself. And we know that Mercury is the infinite forest uh, simulation engine. Like, there has to be a reason why Osiris was brought in. It can't just be because, like, oh, well, we wanted a regular Guardian and Eris. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing would be, because Tolan was gone, the next best person they have on Hive knowledge and like arcana and stuff is of course eris but we know that osiris didn't was not strictly vex he also dabbled in some of the hive information too so he was another cast out guardian who might have some some knowledge on the situation she bought the two experts kind of thing you know could be but yeah and then so because this is the eris episode we see eris's motivations honestly she kind of just says she doesn't really care about what the queen's playing She's just there to end Oryx. Yep. Because at this point, we've already ended Crota. 
And she also acknowledges that the battle's never going to end. She always knows there's going to be someone else. She's just prepared for that. She's, like, fired up at this point. She's just ready to fight. Oh, yeah. Which, like, considering her next death is her last, like... That's pretty impressive. We've we've seen other Guardians in that same situation, you know, without the chance of being rezzed and all that, and they don't act this brave or this... Ikora, when she lost her light, talked about how she was basically a coward. She should have fought. She was terrified. Yeah, and Zavala, similar. Everyone kind of just gave up when they lost their light. But she's just still going at it, man. So, I mean, that's impressive. Everyone except Cade. Yeah, Cade just... Cade immediately tried to go down a suicide mission to to blow everything up. So props to Cade. He's always ready for a suicide mission. That's sad. You can't say that now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anything it's else? What he did, but it's also what made him a good guardian because he knew even when it came down to it, he was already given so many extra lives that if he had to lose his last one, he was ready to do it. No, you're right. He it's... knew he had been given lives like multiple times over between being an EXO and a guardian. No, you're right. Just yeah. me and Elemis, we went over show darts the other one. day. Me and Elemist, that was one of the things we went down was kind of the darker side of Cade uh, when we were talking about earlier in the week. So we were talking a little bit about Cade also. It's He's a very interesting character, and I look forward to when we cover like his the rest of his story. Because there's yeah. more. We had some, We have some other stuff. All right. Well, do you have anything else, Mrs. Hyman, about this whole thing? You know, this is one of the earlier pieces of lore that, you know, me and Elemist were probably like fanning over. So <laughs> No, I do not. Okay, wasn't sure. Was it apparent before like we said anything? Do you think you would have like understood? What would you have gotten out of this? I guess if 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 you could humor me and forget everything you know, <laughs> if this is the first time reading so for this. For starters, I wouldn't have known about Osiris because I just I don't know enough about Osiris. I figured. I hear out. bits and pieces from Focus Fire <laughs> Chat, but I still haven't fully gained enough comprehension about Osiris. Um. I think the last one I listened to was Payne is Osiris confirmed, but I mean, what <laughs> isn't Payne at this point, Payne right? is a person, right? What isn't Payne at this Churcher point? Freaking love yeah, that. I mean, you probably would have um, seen that Aeris I understood that, like, Aeris right? is, is yeah. in this situation, yeah. Well, uh, although I don't know. Had I read these out of context and just said our new friend in the tower, I don't think I would have picked up on it being Aeris. Yeah. I mean, really but I do see how it makes sense to bring Eris in because, like you said, she's got knowledge. She's going to help them be able to run these simulations. Just like the Vex, the more they could get out of, you know, um, Crota and Orox or whoever, uh, the more they could add into their simulation. You know, so it's kind of the same thing. Mara said, look, I want to run these simulations. Let me get whoever knows whatever about anything to do with them whatsoever and like try and be as specific and as detailed as I possibly can be um, because sure. she knew that was her best chance at getting a realistic simulation. Yeah. That, that, that makes the simulation theory kind of a thing. It could be. So, part of it. Um, I definitely think <clears throat> that that's probably accurate. But, no, out of context, I don't think I would fully understand these because, like we said, I really am still just a kindergarten, especially when it comes yeah. to the law. 
you know, the way we were able to distinguish this was friend in the tower who lost their ghost and who was really interested in Hive and announcing the coming of Oryx. Um, so that was where we got Eris from. And just Osiris was always the not as locked in one, but he also plays a smaller part. part. Um, and I would argue this is the it could be them trying to like prepare some simulations, but I think this is really just this is kind of like their get together plan. Like, do you think that the queen had already got the blind well in order? Or, well, that's going to kind of go into the next card, actually. I don't think so. I think we move into the next card because there's a little bit of a reference about about the queen off doing some work. So why don't we read that next card and then continue the speculation for this? (laughs) Sounds good. Speculation. this, This one's all relevant to that. Sounds good. I will be reading Ghost Fragment. The Reef. The attendant moves as Prince Aldrin passes through the massive door, separating the outpost's common area from the warren of tunnels that make up the Queen's Bay. He rounds a corner, and a poorly maintained hatch opens for him, clunking and groaning as it separates. The room beyond is dark, shadowed. He steps through, and the hatch shutters closed behind him. A series of dim illumination panels flicker on. He is not alone. Three dull green lights blaze to life behind a veil. She tilts her head to consider the prince, face like a marble carving. You. Her voice resonates inside small chamber. Say what you want and get out. We don't have time for this right now. In the past... Her Majesty has seen fit to... In the past, our nav lanes weren't full of guardians, Aldrin snaps. Last I heard, your queen was on the far end of the belt. If the guardians knew you and she were in contact, it would be detrimental to her plans. The woman nodded. Once. Very well. She stood slowly, drawing herself up to her full height in one smooth motion. I come with word from beyond. I think that just deserves a dun 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 also. Right? That's what the that's what dot 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 means, right? Dun dun dun. Drama drama drama. <laughs> yeah, so me and Elemis had a lot of conversation about where this falls chronologically. And yeah, so Yeah, Elemis we did. What was that? I said I love you, but it's Elemis and I. What did I say? Me and Elemis? It's like my biggest grammatical pet peeve. Not really, because you've never done that until now. But you were right, though, so I apologize. Elemist and myself, I'm just kidding. Elemist <laughs> and I talked a lot about chronological order of this in the last card. And we kind of determined that this is her meeting back in the reef with Aldrin, as we see, to pass on some information. But as far as time frame is, we see that. She's already had access to the t- uh, to the reef um, because she says in the past Her Majesty has sent it fit to. And then Aldrin snaps back, you know, our nav lanes weren't full of guardians. So I think that would reference to um, after we had cleared up the mess with the House of Wolves, but before, you know, Dreaming City and Oryx and all that kind of stuff. So we see that she is gone. She, uh, the queen, is gone. She's on the far end of the belt. So I do believe me and Elemis theorized that the queen set her plans in motion with Osiris and um, Eris 
And then she went into the Dreaming City to prepare the Blind Well. Because remember, that was another big part of the plan. Uh, the Blind Well was what we as Guardians went into um, and just killed loads of stuff. It's a horde mode for us in-game. Uh, but what happens is underneath the Blind Well, we were basically charging up for Mara to be able to open back up her portals um, to the world, which the real material world, which is how we've been able to go into Mara's throne and talk to her and all that kind of stuff. So it was a very, very integral part of her plan in the same way us killing Oryx. It was also us charging up. She, she literally used the Guardian's Light as energy. However, I think that this was her going away and like preparing stuff. So I think Eris was in this plan from the very beginning. And I think that gives us a little bit of the timetable, too. I can agree with that. Um, and like we haven't really covered the Dreaming City or the Blind Well or anything yet. but um, we talked just. I think we talked briefly about the Blind Well when we talked about how she didn't die when she was vaporized by Oryx. Possibly. Because that was thing. Yeah. We talked about her breaking into the vault, remember? Yeah. The, the yeah. vault heist. Yeah. We haven't gone into super detail about that yet, though. And especially since there actually is a lore book for it. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing it. Eventually we'll cover it. Yeah, I think we have plans for that, too. But we'll go over that in, in the episode. Um, the one thing I want to point out here is that Eris is doing this behind everybody's back. Oh yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. We didn't we don't quite trust the queen 100%. You might not have. I tower, trust her completely. <laughs> but the oh, tower did I not. Shall die it, for you. The tower did not. And at this point in time, our guardian was only doing what the vanguard told us to do. Yep. You could say that we've kind of we go a little rogue here and there maybe. But really, only with the Avenging of Cade was kind of the first time where we did something that the Vanguard didn't 100% sanction. So I would say that at this point, Mara, even Eris, um, Aldrin all know that if everyone knew about this, it would kind of defeat the plan. It would be like, hey, Mara wants you to go do this. Nudge, nudge. And it would be like, I don't trust you. <laughs> Says you. Just saying. <laughs> You'd have fire teams. You wouldn't be the only one, but yeah, uh, not much else to draw from this, though. Simon, did you have any questions? I feel like I heard you stammering to ask a question, but we kind of answered them. I thought you were asking about uh, the, what the blind well was. That's what I thought I heard you asking. Yeah. You didn't give a little. You didn't tell me you wanted to say anything, so I was just giving you this opportunity now. Look, I'm painting my nails. It's hard to put the little smiley face in chat. Okay. It's how I stay awake. That's why I normally raise my hand, but my video is not working. Gotcha. So the blind well is is kind of what in, I just described. Yeah, in game, it's Badly. an actual area that you can go to and just start up public events. Um, There's a whole card about it and what it's above and how it powers up stuff from our in the Dreaming City book. So yep, I hold off on that too. But just know it was part of her plan. And we just theorized that that's probably where she is right now. Okay. I'm fine with that answer. Also, my big thing was, what in the world? I come with words from beyond. It was so important that she was coming looking for the queen, or looking for Aldrin. And what in the world did she tell him? Or were they words from Mara to Aldrin? She knew where Aldrin... Last I heard, you're... No, I don't know. I'm just... What do you think she was telling him? 
Well, so come with word from beyond. Aldrin, is that so. like the rustling of hive that she kind of picks up on? That's what I figured. That's what because I Because we know it's it wouldn't be Toland. It wouldn't be from Mara herself because it could be from know, Toland. Maybe. Well, based and, off and of the new. Uh, I'm I'm basing that. I'm basing what I'm saying off okay. of the new information. Well, we know she had contact with Col- Tolan, at least. I didn't read the fourth and fifth, so I have to get on that, but yeah. Well, like, she was surprised. Yeah, yeah, but I was just saying, she that, seems to have had some contact with Tolan at that time. Um, so, maybe. Th- there's there's <laughs> some arguing that we can do about that later. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, I don't think it's from Tolan. We know it's not from Mara because, you know, last I heard, your queen was on the far end of the belt. So I think it was just rumblings from the hive. Like, she yeah. could sense that Oryx was on the way. Yeah, I think she was giving him, she might have had a, uh, basically this was her saying, I now have the time frame when he'll be here kind of thing. Where she got it from, I don't know where she gets her information from. I would just kind of assume that she she either it's has a link to the rock. hive. Or it's the glowy rock, or she did have some communications from Tol- with Tolan before she came out of that underground area. So wherever she got her power from, I agree that she got. She's like I. I kind of thought of it as like he's in the system, or he's in the galaxy. I know like approximately when he's gonna show up. Like pass this on tomorrow, kind of thing. Yes, Mrs. Ivan. I'm scratching my leg with a nail file right now. Oh, it's uh, coming through. Whatever noises you were making. I heard I you tried clapping, clapping so first. Like, yeah, we yeah. heard clapping. I tried slapping first. Don't forget, we can hear those things. I thought I was muted. You were I didn't not. realize until I started seeing your guys' faces have a bit of confusion. Right. Um, Anything so. else to add on this card? Nope. All right. Then... I will move on with the Taken King expansion now. We got a card, The Coming War. The Awoken died for us. They gave their lives to save the system, to stop Oryx's fleet at the outer planets. We must honor their sacrifice. We must face the Taken King without fear. Queen Mara has given us a gift. We must not waste it. Eris Morn. So is this just Eris trying to get us to go kill Orox? This is kind of her hype. Yeah, this is like that hype. She's trying to hype us up. So remember, you actually watched this cutscene, I do believe. Elemis sent this in the chat when we were discussing this a long time ago. This is when the whole fleet gets decimated by Oryx's ships. Yes. That was the starting cutscene of the Taken War. And then Eris kind of just told us this. I still love that cutscene. She already... Like, let's be honest, Mara friggin' wrote this script for her. Oh, yeah, for sure. But at this Pretty point, much. this was where, like, everyone was arguing, oh, Mara's totally not dead. But as far as Bungie was concerned, they made it look like Mara had sacrificed herself to try to save us. And that Oryx kind of stopped his How much time? I feel like I already asked this question, but how much time passed between us thinking Mara was dead and us finding out she wasn't? A year? Three years? Or two. Oh, really? I'm not saying in game time, real time. Well, in game time at this in point real time is, is real time. Real time. You know was it really? Um, Taken King came in year was two. It? Was Taken King? Rise of Iron was taken, or was a uh, year three? And then the new thing was D one. 
or D2 uh, Vanilla. We kind of had her in... And then Forsaken. I thought we had Mara confirmed before. We didn't find well, out until Forsaken? No, I thought well, we knew about so it before that. Mara... Okay, we it, knew it, that it, Mara it, was coming back because of some yes. like leaks and some information <laughs> yes. and stuff like that from the voice actor well before. But you might be right. Yeah, we got it in year two. Destiny was three years long, and we have ha- only had... We just celebrate Destiny's fifth year anniversary. We've only had two years. And we got it in the second year of Destiny 2 would be Forsaken. So it would be two to three years. But I feel like we had a little... And you might be right. You might be right. There was no Mara in the game, at least, for like two years. Because she kind of was... She died at the beginning of Taken King. So it really was that whole portion, the whole Rise of Iron, and all of year one. So yeah, three years. all of two years for for Destiny 1, and then a year for Destiny 2. And we found out in Forsaken. Yeah. Granted, we killed off Oryx. It was only... It was months for that expansion. It was like a... He, he died fairly soon, you know, because they released yeah. the raid. Um, but her... She didn't come back until the whole mess with, like, Forsaken and, and Riven and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Did you have another question off of that, or you were just curious? So, did Aldrin die thinking she was dead? That is why Aldrin went through that madness. He was yeah, able to I know be he corrupted. Thought, yeah, yeah, he was corrupted Riven because he him. thought he thought that he was somehow bringing her back. Um, there's but a I'm whole saying, story about like, what happened. Did he for, somehow find out between? He was in the battle. Fake and Mm-mm, he was not told. We learned that through. Um, I know he wasn't told. Yeah. So some of the cards that talk about how she, you know, I, I think remember we read that, that from when we read it. Yeah. Um, but I'm he saying, was actually like, in the cutscene. His ship basically looked like it was going to get blown up along with everyone else. Um, we got some cards at the end of D1 preparing us for D2 that talked about how Mara kind of protected him, and he woke up, crash landed in his ship on Mars. That was still actually part of the Taken King mission uh, expansion. Yeah. My That's- question though is somehow. Between him finding out Riven was all a lie and us killing him, well, he'd he never figured out Riven was a lie. He thought I he thought was he doing. he found out when Riven became Riven. The meatball. He thought he was trying to save his sister up to the point where he got eaten by the, the meatball. giant meatball, which I forget the name. It's the something of Riven, Eye of Riven, or something like that. But that's not what Voice kills him. We kill him. Well, he pops out of that and then we immediately shoot him. Oh, okay. Like, right there. We kill that thing, he comes out, and then we kill him. Or Not. Petra kills him. It's That's a whole other Yeah, argument. that's still up for debate, yep. Yeah. It's made... It's. I was listening, I think, to Focus Fire Chat, who argued it was made for viewer discretion kind of thing. Um, if you listen to the cutscene... Whether or not your guardian is... Yeah, you could hear, like, both weapons go off kind of thing. Um, So maybe we both shot. I think they did that so that you could decide. Um, But yeah, but somebody killed him. But you know what? Han shot first. (laughs) (laughs) I can just sense Hyven's disapproval. I was like, okay, here we go. But yeah, does that answer your question? He never knew she was alive. Yeah. He always thought she was. He could feel something. Whether or not that was him feeling his connection to Mara, and then it got tr- he was tricked because of it, or whether like Riven was infesting him from the beginning, 
Um, we had some cards about him basically sensing that his sister wasn't dead and taking over one of the fallen houses and basically being like a Kel of the fallen houses, them uniting, and that's kind of how he ends up with... At some point, he gets tainted by Riven, and that taints Fickrel as he's dying, which turns him into a Scorn, so technically he created all the Scorn. All that crap was all Riven's fault, but also it was all stemmed because Aldrin thought that he could save his sister, because he was he did not think she was dead. But he had no reason to believe she was alive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Other than his own, like, feeling. Yeah. Yep. He could sense that hum of starlight, as right. the uh, the grimoire said. We should move on to the next card. We've been here a while. We have. For something very little. After the first mission, we start doing other missions in order to infiltrate the Dreadnought. And we end, using, we end up using we end up using Eris's ship. Like Cade offers us Eris's ship because it oh, smells right, like Oh right, because this is when Cade because Cade apologizes to Eris. Cade, yep, yep, yep. Cade, this is this... where Cade undercover sneaks us onto the dreadnought without anyone else, anyone in the yeah, like Zavala, yeah. Eris. The Vanguard doesn't know. He basically helps us hijack Eris's ship because he says it's Hivey. And we use that thing to crash land into the Dreadnought. And he blows up her shit. And that's kind of the joke. <laughs> yep. Like, our ghost saves us in the nick of time. Oh, like right. That transmit? <laughs> like, one or two seconds more, and we would have been dead. <laughs> right. And now I think we're ready. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to be reading Lost to Light. Um, there are three readers. I will be reading for the ghost portions. I will be Cade Six. And I'm still Eris Morn. You three-eyed little... <laughs> what am I? Oh, you know you what you are. <laughs> this is, again, not the full card. Yes, this is the, the for the last quarter of the mission. This is actually a mission, correct? Is this a transcript yes. for a mission? This is a mission transcript. So it starts with Eris. Static. We're going to lose her, just like Ariana. That's Eris. The connection is getting stronger. Three locks. Well, you can't say they aren't trying. Static. Guardian, get out of that pit. We must have that crystal or we'll never reach Oryx. Guardian, is that you? We made it out. Then the Taken King will fall. Bring me his dead son's crystal. That's how Eris says she appreciates your sacrifice. Glad you're still alive. <laughs> I I love Cade. Like this was the DLC that made me love him. Um, yeah, this is where we went back into a uh, back to we Cronus. This is Cronus' funeral, right? Uh, no, this was just before that. We stole the crystal that his soul resided in. Um. And that was so that we could put some of his soul back into the crystal and we could become oh, ascendant. Yeah. Yes, yes. The next card is where we get there. Yep. Oh, yeah. Didn't this is where we... do these show notes? Didn't you know this? I didn't read all, <laughs> every single one of them. Well, and, like, these are actual missions. Yeah, this D1, is mentioned so transcripts like... that I've played who knows how long ago. Yeah. And it's only a quarter of the card. Thank you very much. But no, this is where we actually fight. This is where um, 
the mission literally just tells you to run. You start to like fight uh-huh. in the room, and then you realize that you're going to get overwhelmed, and it literally just tells you to run. And so like you lose connection, which is why there's static going on, and you basically just everything blows up and collapses. It's like that that runaway action scene where you know the bombs where are blowing you jump up. out like just yeah. as like yep. everything finishes blowing up. Pretty much That's exactly what happens. Yep. Ironically enough, there was a taken ogre that's following you through this mission. Yeah. <clears throat> it's terrifying the first time. It is kind of scary the first time. You start off like, I can fight this thing. And then, like, no, things just start, like, spawning and summoning in. Has anybody ever it? You can't. It's, it's, it, it's, no, it's immune. Uh, what makes yeah, it I even think... worse? What makes it even worse is that this mission, when you get the crystal, it comes up saying mission complete. Uh-huh. <laughs> So then, like, just like, kidding. So then, Eris comes on the comms and she's like, "Good job. Now get out of there." And then you hear static, and you're just like, like waiting for it to like automatically pull you out. Oh yeah, like you literally just stand there. You're waiting for like the countdown starts and everything that the mission is over. Uh huh. That's and it. then all of a sudden, Oryx it just cuts pops out. Up and, well, like Oryx pops oh, up. Oh, the shadow the- of Oryx's face pops up. Yeah, right. Yeah. We just we basically have Aww, we're stopping. Aw, so mean to you guys. <laughs> like it was literally like Oryx was trying. I mean, Crota was trying to be summoned or something like that. We took a little bit of his crystal so that we could finish him off and take his power. And then all of a sudden, like it was just like Oryx's face in like shadow form just appears, and it's and just then like, it oh. take an ogre and like <clears throat> quite literally, it was one of those. Oh no, moments. Oh, where, like, good days. <laughs> where like you had to go change your pants afterward. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, as Elena said, the important part about this <laughs> was in order once we got in, once we crash landed onto the dreadnought with Cade, we realized that um we needed access as an ascendant hive to get certain places. And basically, the grabbing this crystal was the first step in tricking the system to thinking we were Ascendant Hive. Um, so we grabbed a little piece of an Ascendant Hive, and then that's where the next card comes in, where we invade a funeral. Yep. Party crashing <laughs> a funeral? We are yeah. classy. It's funeral not crash. a funeral. It's a death ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, death song? No, wait, we couldn't be there for that. <laughs> no, th- there's actually a line in the mission that we're about to do, um, where Eris is like, or no, it, it's Cade. So you're gonna crash this this funeral, and Eris replies with, "It's not a funeral. It's a death ceremony." She's right. Like, so crash this funeral, and. <laughs> All right. So we are gonna be moving on to the next card, which like they just discussed, is immediately following. This one is Last Rites. We're going to be keeping with the same reader, so I'm going to be the ghost still. And I'm still Cade Sticks. <laughs> I'm also going to be Eris Morn. I was waiting for you to be like, and I'm Elemist. I'm like, oh, wait, we're not introducing the show. You're Cade. <laughs> You're Cade, and I'm Eris. Got it, got it. <clears throat> and on that note, all right, so this is dialogue from the last half of the mission, and... Let's see, we open with the cloaking device fails. Something's wrong. We're exposed. Lock for transmit. Get out of there. We must have Crota's soul. They've got enough. Lock for transmit, ghost. I can't. Everything is corrupted. I can't connect. Stay alive. 
We've got to make it back. Take and appear. Guardian, come with me. Eris teleports, the Guardian to the Oversoul Throne. It was the best I could do with so little time. You pulled us out. One of Tolan's tricks. There is nothing I fear more than the dark, but I will not lose another Guardian. You've imprisoned the last whisper of Crota's soul. It is left to you now. Find Oryx on the Dreadnought. Destroy him. Yeah, I love this mission and card. Um, the best part about this is when we crash this death ceremony or funeral, we actually go back to Crota. This is the final area of the raid and we like you're solo and you're invisible and if you walk too fast like you'll appear you like crouch up like right to where oryx was like standing it would have smashed you in front of all these high death singers and all this craziness and you literally are just like standing there absorbing like his essence and all of a sudden you appear and literally where ghost is like i can't get you out like stay alive you are literally just fighting for your life for this period of time like you can't die or it's you know it's it's a wipe so, like, in real life, like, your ghost is screwed. It, it, it can't connect to the light right now. It can't connect to the traveler. So you actually are just, like, fighting. I remember I, like, ran down underneath to that hallway where you first start out in, where we used to. Um, oh. See, what I would do is I would jump into the, the towers. Yeah, see, I immediately just jumped straight down and just started firing backing, and I just kind of backpedaled, just fighting stuff as they came in. And as those ogres came down the hallway, I could just uh, snipe them off one by one. Oh, See that? So Everyone has better. a different strategy. Well, and, like, your strategy is much better than mine. I had to deal with invisible <laughs> minotaurs. All over the place? Oh, jeez. <laughs> minotaurs and snipers. Oh, jeez, right? <laughs> But yeah, anyway, that is literally, like, Eris really creepily just says, come with me in this, like, crazy voice. And next thing you know, she just teleports us out. And it's just like, what? Where did we go? an incantation going on, too. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then then I love how she was like, that's the best I can do. Because she doesn't pull us, like, all the way to the tower or anything like that. She literally just kind of pulls us to um, a safe area. area. Yeah, she pulls us to a safe area, the bridge area. And it's like, sorry, that's the best I could do. That's one of Tolan's tricks. I don't like the dark, but I'll use it. So that was the first point where we were like, holy crap, Eris is not just talk. She's got some <laughs> power behind those like creepy eyes and lost in the dark for too long. But now here's the thing, okay? Uh, <laughs> there's nothing I fear more than the dark, but I will not lose another guardian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Even if she's dipping into dark powers. Doing it for good reason. Yeah. Like, right there, that that just proves to me that, like, even though Zavala and the Speaker are wary of her, I don't feel like there should be any reason that they, they should feel that way. Yeah, I mean, that's why I would honestly, as much as I don't want to, argue that Tolan, while he's... A real leaphole? Yeah. He's not, like, trying to just, like, sacrifice all Guardians. I think he's trying to work for the greater good of, like, the light by understanding the dark and all that kind of stuff. He's a little deranged. Um, And I think Eris is, like, a little bit of that also. Like, just a small little portion of that. She's like, I understood that Tolan had some knowledge that was beneficial. I'm not as willing to go as far 
I will tap into the darkness, but only when it's like absolutely needed. Whereas Tolan was like, let's use this to our benefit, you know, and like kind of almost going down the dredge and your kind of area where like full on corrupted. Just summon breakfast and do whatever. Right. It's like you see, yeah, it's like a movie where someone gets a superhero, it's like a superpower or something and they just start using it frivolously and they realize like backfires. You ever seen the movie Jumper? Mm-hmm. It's where he can just teleport everywhere, and he starts just kind of using it for the most mundane things, and that's how they like get on to him that he's been like robbing banks and stuff, and then he gets screwed. Same idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use it when you really need it. All right. Well, shall we move on? We shall. Um, we our next card is Regicide. Um, can we have Mrs. Hyven? You want to be narrative reader, and I'll be Eris Morn. Keep this consistent. Sounds good. I know. I'm playing Eris the whole time. You would have thought from the <laughs> beginning we probably would have had her as Eris, but we don't believe in that. No. Nope. We and, don't conform and, to your normal gender roles here. Right. Sometimes, like I said, I identify <laughs> as a sentient patch of haze. Oh, my God. <laughs> For those of you who haven't ever listened to Welcome to Night Vale, that's where that's from. Just so you understand the joke. Um, all right i do want to make one note before we jump into the card itself what we are reading happens after our guardian kills oryx in the material world yep that's what regicide is it's murder of a king King. just stop saying material world because my brain immediately goes to material yeah i'm a barbie girl that's different (laughs) that one the Uh, we know what you're talking about yeah all right, anyways. The physical plane. We kill him in the physical plane. We finish the storyline. The campaign is finished, and we kill Oryx, but we see what happens. He doesn't completely die. All right. Oryx laughs before disappearing, leaving his sword behind. My queen, you were right. The guardian was the key. For the first time, the whispers are silent. It is done. Eris touches the hilt of Oryx's sword. It begins to crumble. As the pieces of the sword fall away, a single crystal is left behind, suspended in midair. Eris takes the crystal. I have accepted my fate. I will not fail. Dun, dun, dun. That was it. That was my comment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So yeah, this is something you've never played, so why don't we have Elamis start with comment? He's experienced <laughs> um, this. So funny enough that the crystal that's being talked about here is actually what ends up becoming Dark Drinker. Becomes your first sword, technically. You can choose whatever sword so, you want. Yes, <clears throat> technically. Becomes the sword crystal. But the hilt. But it is a purple crystal. I would still argue that you took the power of his sword and made your own sword. You can make whatever sword you want. Because you infuse, you get a lot of other hive, like, what, like, helium? No, uh, helium heart. Filaments. No, yeah, what, no, it's, it's another thing that starts with an H, something flakes. It's basically, like, metal. Hadium flakes? Hadium flakes. We have to collect a bunch of hadium flakes on the dreadnought. Oh, I hate I but hate yeah, those it is both. It, they are both purple, but they do make it for you. Basically, take that hill and you make your first exotic sword. And oh, how they were all so beautiful! All three of them, man, were were great. Oh, man. Um, I was just talking to someone about bringing those things back. We have them all in 
little ways in Destiny 2, but yeah, they were they were great. But yeah, we literally took Oryx's sword and we were like sword logic. We made our first sword. It was pretty awesome. You would appreciate this moment in time, Mrs. Ivan. This is where swords were created for you to enjoy. Before this point, we did not have swords. There were no swords for the Crucible for you. Or what? anywhere. Yeah. You would have loved some of these swords, too. Oh, my goodness. We'll talk about those just after. Oh, it's irrelevant and, to and, the... And when they introduced swords, it completely broke a certain, uh, a few things. It was fun, man. It was fun, fun, fun. Like Skolas. You could solo Skolas real easy with a sword. Yeah, they would. They did a lot of damage with some of their um, heavy attacks at the time. Oh, I'm not even talking damage. There's... Oh, you could use them to heal and not die from the. Uh, yes. We called so... it the, the the taint. You yeah. Tainted your light. You tainted your light, and you became so corrupted, and you would die. the taint. <laughs> so in the Skolas encounter, um, there was a debuff that counted. I think it was 60 seconds or 30 seconds. I think um, it was 30. It counted down, and you had to pass it off to a friend before it killed you while you're, like, damaging so things. And it counted down 30 seconds before it to. killed whoever had it. Um, so, like, you pass it off to reset the timer. Yeah, it goes But when you pass it off, you get a debuff that says you can't take it back for 45 seconds. Yeah, so you basically have to time it where all three of you guys keep swapping it to stay alive while you're doing damage. And if someone dies and your timers get too short, two people will both end up having it at the same time, and you won't be able to res someone before you're killed. But the sword had a block mechanic. And it stopped the taint from killing you. Yeah, so that's the power of Oryx, guys. It stops the taint. Stops the taint. Stop saying taint! (laughs) It's like there's a commercial for, like, Goldbun or something. Stop the taint right in its place. I'm moving on. Painted gonna... essence. Does that make you feel better? No. Right. Moving on. The road to King's Fall. <laughs> oh, anyway, I just wanted to comment. You've lost your commenting privileges. Yes. This was a big thing because this is like, <laughs> if you didn't read some of those lore cards, this is the first time you saw Aerys kind of like reference my queen. And like in game, like this is the first time we see her like acknowledging this. And this is for like people who hadn't really gotten to the lore or anything from... Um, the other cards we read in uh, House of Wolves, this would have been the first time you were like, whoa, why I knew she wasn't dead. She's talking to the queen. The queen had a plan. That was actually one of the the reasons I started diving into the, the lore. Ah. I was like, my queen? What? <laughs> yeah, man. And yeah, it's was... like, is she awoken? People were asking that for a while. Wait, is she? No. Uh, no. Okay, moving on. To the road, the road to King's Fall. I'm going to be reading this. That's why I have decided we're moving. Yeah, man. We have confirmed it among our number with the hidden. Sorry, I already messed that up. It's within the hidden. My bad. It's all good. It's not. It's not professional. <laughs> it's not okay, but you get mad at me when I tell you the truth, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We have confirmed it among our number within the hidden. I have asked Akora's warlocks to reach out, and they sense nothing. The orb is quiet. On the moon... Excuse me. Open your mouth a little bit in there. I did that earlier. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Okay. On the moon, his shrine is dark and cold. It is true. 
The Taken King is dead. The Hive's dark god and his foul son have been purged from the universe. She was right, scholar. Queen Mara was right. It is all down to the Guardians now. Let us hope they are up to the tasks ahead of them. Eris Morn, Undisclosed Report to Osiris. So this was the first actual reference to Eris being in contact with Osiris. Like everything else, it was always an undisclosed warlock. Yeah. But here it was actually confirmed that it was him. Um, And I, I love how, like, it says it is true. The Taken King is dead. Well, yeah, in the physical world. But he retreated back to his throne world. I was just going to comment on your part earlier about how Eris knows her information. She even says right here, the orb is quiet. We remember, get your rock off my table, off my map, right? Yeah. And you're totally right. I bet you her orb was just glowing hard that day, and that's how she had that information about, like, Oryx was close kind of thing. And, and, and she could have heard, heard the whispers. Yeah. I wonder, since we're getting this as, like, a, which I'm super excited about, as a, a, a ghost skin, we're getting this as a ghost shell, the orb, when it's flaming. I, you know what would be cool? If, like, and if you're in proximity to Hive, it, like, glows brighter or something like that. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, we don't know where she got the orb, do, do we? No, she came back with it. So I'm assuming if it wasn't in the preview, I didn't, like I said, I didn't read 4 and 5 of the lore previews yet. I have a feeling maybe they'll cover that in um, well, the Shadowkeep. I don't know. Um, they, I know that they didn't cover it in the, the narrative preview. Well, like I said, because it, it is becoming a ghost skin, which makes me think she's still using it. And, like, it might be a thing still, so that'd be kind of cool. But, yeah, this is her commission for us to go do the raid, guys. So, as the last card, she was like, good job, queen. We did it. Your plan was good. And then she's like, let me make sure he's just gone. Like, oh, my God, there's no trace of him anywhere. Mara was right. This is how, and once again, you got to go back to the cards. We had the queen. She actually says, queen Mara was right. So this is where we get that confirmation that Mara, Eris, and Osiris are the three who are working together. And that, once again, their plan relies on Guardians going down in there and finishing off orgs. So this was the conclusion of the Taken King. We went and killed orcs. We've talked about that in the last couple cards when we talked about Books of Sorrow, us ending him, and how we didn't yep. take up the mantle. Yeah. And then the connections tomorrow we've talked a little bit about, but that's kind of it. Eris, so Eris, we got, she finished off Crota, but she knew it wasn't the end. She worked with Mara and Osiris to finish off Oryx and also help Mara to attain a throne world. Um, that really wasn't her, emotion, her, her motivations, but she did that. And now we move into something else. Does anyone have anything else? Nope, nope not at all. I guess yeah, it's you now. And on that note, you guys? Oh, yeah, I will right. be covering the only entry that we have for the Age of Triumph portion of D1. Right? This is and one of our last is, cards, wasn't it? Yep, from from D1. Uh, and that is Ghost Fragment Eris Morn. The tower's med bay was still. Guardians might operate across the system at all hours. But even in the heart of the last city, there is sometimes 
quiet. The awoken man lay upon the bed like a broken thing. Machines monitored his every twitch, every aspect of his physical status. The steady, quiet blip of his heartbeat was the dominant sound in the room. A small transplex window sat in one wall of the room. Hovering there, eerily still, was a ghost. Its single eye reflected against the inside of the window, a steady red glow. In the corner of the room sat a chair, cheap, vinyl-covered. This chair could have been a relic of, from the Golden Age itself. And suddenly, it creaked. Because, in the stillness, there was another measured source of breathing in the room. Eris Morn settled back into the chair, allowing the dark wisps of power she'd summoned to effortlessly flow from her back into the night. The green emanations from her shroud were stark against the dimness. Almost as an afterthought, the ghost turned from regarding the window. For a moment, three eyes stared at one before it turned back to its watch. Her face, implacable. Eris regarded the awoken in the bed. His name was Asher Murr. Irascible. Annoying. Cantankerous. She'd even seen Ikora Ray become exasperated in his presence. Her lips quirked very slightly, upwards. A kindred spirit, if she'd ever had one. Her smile died as her gaze slid to his side. His warlock garb had been stripped from his body, and she could see his pale blue chest as it rose and fell in the bed. His arm. His arm was gone. In its place was a thing. The point where mechanicals knit with flesh was ghastly to behold, but the design was unmistakable to any guardian who'd been in the field. Asher Murr's arm was that of a Vex construct. Her eyes flicked to the ghost at the window. It, too, was transformed. The unmistakable outline of Vex technology encrusting and penetrating the small warden's shell. That red, staring eye. She stood and stepped to the side of the bed. Her voice was gentle, quiet, but its timber filled the still air of the room. I am leaving, my old friend. The man in the bed did not stir. Soon, I will take my leave of this. She put her hands up to take in the medbay, the city, the tower, earth, lie. She placed a gloved hand on the back of his blue, flesh and bone hand. I wish we could have spoken, you and I, one last time. But my story here is done. I have avenged. Can redo that. I have avenged those I lost. I must find. She stopped. And beneath the gauze of her, on her face, all three eyes closed. For a moment, she allowed herself to feel the dark tears that flowed, unending, down her face. The eyes reopened, and her strength blazed in the darkness. I must find a new path through the night. The hive are vast and ancient, a power from far beyond our realm. If we are ever truly to face them, ever truly to put an end to their hate, 
I must step beyond the safety of the city. She lifted her head and looked beyond the window to the horizon, to the grand sweep of the walls, the edge of humanity's reach. Be safe, Jensen Scribe. A storm is coming, and I will not be at your side when it finds its way to our shores. With those words, and a gathered locus of power, she was gone. The room returned to stillness. The blip of the awoken man's heart echoed from the machines, and the ghost stared into the night, its red eye never blinking. Very nice. <clears throat> so, this was the last time we ever had reference to Eris in Tell Shadowkeep. No. So, yeah, this is it. Chronologically, no. this is, what else do we have? Oh, well, there's yeah. two other cards in here, so I'm well, assuming so something. She left this day, and we have not seen her come back. Yeah, we've had, like, dawning stuff and letters between her and Asher right. and stuff like that. But as far as chronologically, she left. She, We have not seen her until Shadowkeep. Right. Because, like, honestly, this right here is where the um, the narrative preview picks up. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, what narrative preview? The one... Number one. Oh, I don't think that. I thought the oh, narrative preview took place during when she was originally trying to get out of there. Because it talked about how she wishes and she ends up running into Tolan and she sees Omar and stuff. I'll have to finish reading. No, and I see, assumed... And see, I, I took it as the narrative preview happens right after this. Like, she's going to say goodbye to Asher... Is there something in 4 and 5 that states that? Because I thought it was kind of clear that this was like when she was stuck down. I thought the narrative preview was her being stuck in the like Hellmouth for those years and not being able to get out. And that was when Tolan first appeared. That's what I got from the first three. Yeah, first three. Well, no, like the narrative preview, she'd already been part of the Crota Fire team. Yeah, everyone had just died is kind of what I got out of it. We're going to have to talk about that later because I. Either way, that one's irrelevant yeah. for now. That's kind of all what we're preparing for. <laughs> but this was the last time we. Obviously, we weren't there to see her. This is the last time Eris was ever seen in the tower. Nobody yes. knows, has known where she was. Yes, the next. We do have a couple more cards. Um, we could argue what time period it was, but the next one is just. The next one is just a letter. Our last card is a letter to Asher that I would assume she kind of left for him. We'll get to that. But she basically appears in his room like that, kind of says goodbye in her own way, not awake to hear it, and vanishes again. And this was the first time we got reference to Asher. This was before, just as Eris' friend. We didn't, you know, this was before D2. We didn't know he was going to be anything. We just had reference to a guardian who had been turned to Part Vex, along with his ghost. Um, You know, that led to the things like, why can't... That's kind of led to some of the arguments is, can um, Asher not be rezzed to normal health because his ghost is also part Vex? Or is it just because the paracausal nature of the Vex? Or, you know, can the ghost only heal certain ailments, not like physical alter... You know, it's all that kind of stuff. But we didn't really... We kind of... This is the first time we had ever seen, like, vex infesting a guardian and we later got some information from i guess we get it from um the various strike dialogue from asher about how this happened to him 
but I don't remember if it's actually another card. We get it specifically from the Silicon Neroma lore tab. Okay, that's what it is. Yep. So we do figure out what happened to him. And I would assume that that would have probably just happened recently at when this card was happening. Right? right. It was chronologically, you know, so, you know, it wasn't like Asher's only been living with that for a short period of time. But basically, Eris and Asher were good friends, and she kind of went to say goodbye to her friend before she vanished into who knows where. Granted, as Elemis was saying, maybe the narrative preview, and we're going to learn for sure in Shadowkeep. But she said she had avenged what she'd lost, but she was moving on to do something else. And the only thing I can think of is her only goal was to just eradicate the hive completely. Yep. We don't really know what she was doing. But yeah, now i got to read through that narrative preview so I can read it over again. See what it actually... How that and ties I'll, I'll, in, man. I'm excited. We'll talk after the episode. <laughs> after the recording. Is Hyven, you have anything on this? Um, yeah, no, I actually found it interesting because I did not realize that his ghost had some Vex issue as well. Um, so that's kind of the one takeaway. I mean, long card, there's multiple takeaways, but... You know, it's hard to keep it all, keep up with it all. That's the that's the one that that hit me. I think specifically because I think you guys already touched on it. Um, when I mean, we touched on it. I think last week or maybe two weeks ago. And then you also just re mentioned it about you know why his ghost potentially can't fix the issue. Um, I didn't realize that the ghost also had the issue basically. So um, I I would argue to say that's the reason why. But they're kind of similar now. Did I miss it? Did the card specify how this happened? No, No. we were just discussing about how you learned. We learned that in Destiny 2 um, on a weapon drop, the lore from that. That's another topic. I kind of want to drop or jump into Asher at some point, but that'll be a full episode on its own. Yeah, he kind of goes into the Vex talk. You can break out your Asher voice the whole episode. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> all right well let's go ahead i will take us into what's kind oh. of our last ish card last ish <laughs> last lore reading about like current time frame eris um this is a d2 card we got actually in forsaken and it is unfinal shapes flavor text mine is not a final shape she showed me that Erismore, Asher. I took a slew of hive chitin, and with my own hands, I bent it into the shape of a starship. I think you of all people might understand why, but it's more than just a reminder of the green flames behind my brow. Asher, I saw a throne world built for the light. Built with darkness, of course, and the bitter logic of swords, but built for light made me wonder this will be my last letter for a long while the queen needs me more than the city does and i need her when she looks at me she does not see an invalid or a mad woman or a burden she sees a hunter she has pointed me at the true enemy and with her help i will see my quarry call clarity in action eris morn so, I'm sorry, you guys said that we are unsure of the timeline of this card? It's just a letter to Asher. We know that she disappeared. Um, I mean, and if she is helping the queen, how and where? 
she could have left this for him when she left. You know, the thing is, we received that last card in the end of D1. This came a year into D2 when they kind of, like, hyped it up and got into Forsaken. So, yeah. Um, we know she had dealings with the Queen, and she talks about how a throne world built for light that was based off of darkness. I think that's referring to Mara's throne world that she mm-hmm. kind of took over Oryx's. Um, so this could be a hint of where she went next, which is why I think maybe this was like a she popped up into Ares, I mean Asher's room, left him a note, and disappeared, and that was where she went first, or at least. And then somehow from Queen to now, she ended up on the moon. Yeah, who knows where she's been gone for a long time? Like I was saying, you know. So, um, but we know she started the Queen's, you know, mission like three, four years ago. She helped enact that plan. I was just kind of thinking she went to the queen to like finish it or start the new portion of whatever Mara's plan is. Because you know Mara all Mara also disappeared. Maybe it's not a coincidence that they're both kind of just gone. So do you think if you had to speculate, do you think either Mara will come back or we'll get more of Mara's story in with Shadow Keep with Air I think Warfare? there might be mild connections because Especially because of this card, Eris has dealings with her. But the the lore, uh, the oh my goodness, the story writers have said that this story is about Eris. It's not going to be a quite a continuation of of Forsaken and Mara's story yet. It's going to be they I think they said it's going to be like in the way Mara was more deeply like looked at in the lore. That's what this is going to be for Eris kind of thing. So maybe there'll be references. What about you, Alice? Maybe. And see, I I never thought of this card being a letter that she left for Asher when she visited him. Like yeah, that just... never occurred to me because of when this came out. Mm, yeah, I mean that's what we, I said. We don't really know. For me, it was just like the way she left. I just don't see her like having a pin pal. Like how is she getting this? You know, this stuff out. Right. It was kind of like a, you know, breaking the fourth wall. Bungie didn't quite exactly. They knew Eris was gonna go away and come back again. As far as like how they were gonna work they that in, maybe they like didn't know until like when they revamped the story with Forsaken, because we know Destiny Two when it first started, they were busy trying to kind of make the game what people wanted. You know what I'm saying? And Forsaken was that like yeah, everything is amazing now. So maybe this was them like starting to tie it in, and maybe that's why like we didn't quite have clarification. But that's a lot of how Bungie does all their writing. We don't have like chronological order because it, it it makes it so you don't have to have everything so literal uh, but real quick um this it, it, to prep for this next card um there was a book a lore book called truth to power and in that book something posed as Eris to try and gain our trust yeah claiming that it was Eris and then claiming it wasn't Eris but claiming it was Eris it like goes back and forth, and it was not clear what the heck was actually going on. It's a lore book that we'll get into when we have a long time to talk about it. Yeah, because it'll take like five weeks. Okay. <laughs> but this right. is in re- reference to that. This is uh, um, from Stolen Intelligence. These are little intelligent messages sent back to, uh, I guess, Ikora from the, um, the Hidden. So this is like a... Although... Uh, Stolen Intelligence actually was a a series of reports that were illegally released by the warlock Anor. 
so basically we got a little bit of the undercover workings of like behind the scenes vanguard operations kind of thing and this is an investigation on that lore book truth to power all right well then i'm going to be reading this it's called forgeries and it's from d2 season of the drifter access restricted decryption key 73 xk 5v 2p g1 money symbol a u n dash three two six rep number one nine eight dash vesta dash dc agent fen dash zero nine two sub subject i was confused for a second <laughs> subject regarding possible forgeries one as you all know an unknown sender delivered six messages to VIP number 2014. These missives were sent via Glimmer using a simple encryption scheme that even a 5530 unit frame could have easily cracked. Number 2014's ghost took immediate notice of these messages and quietly forwarded them on to IKO 006, who then distributed them back to us. CF Reports number 167-173-VESTA-DC for full transcripts. 2. In these messages, the sender briefly purports to be none other than one ERI-223, providing fanciful details regarding her origins as a human woman who grew up in an apparent settlement of old Russia known as St. Petersburg. None of this account sat well with anyone who actually knows ERI-223, not simply because none of her close confederates have any first-hand knowledge or belief that she knew of her pre-guardian origins, but also because she is still active in the field and has personally denied sending these messages. That being said, in accordance with our rigor for skeptical inquiry, this agent was dispatched in pursuit of hard evidence to the contrary. Three, I submit to you now photographic and video evidence recovered from civilian family albums, historical archives, and extant ghost recordings originally captured in the last city. Behold, ERI-223, a child of the last city born to civilian parents and a mortal guardian integrated neighborhood behold two tiny vrp vip number 1786 though he is almost more unbelievable than eri-223 if you look at his smile of the photos original digital files are unavailable but radiocarbon dating clearly identifies the earliest prints as more than 300 years old this is consistent with the timestamps of footage provided by volunteer ghosts who were present during the same period. As to whether the child we believe to be ERI-223 is indeed ERI-223, please see the second compressed folder attached to this report for a full double-blind forensics. 4. In regards to the other personality presented in the six messages, Having consulted with AI-COM-RSPN and AI-COM-XBLK, both have attested that they have no record of any so-called craft mine designated Medusa. 
This does not discount the possibility that such a craft mind may have existed, but in light of the fact that someone was impersonating our former colleague, it follows that someone may have credibly invented a craft mind as well. We will continue to scour our records for any evidence to the contrary. Sorry, Callie, no. Callie's trying to give me kisses. Five. Like many of those reading, this agent has a strong recommendation about the identity of the sender, but it is beyond the scope of this report. CF reports number 024-VESTA-DC, 025-VESTA-DC, 026-VESTA-DC, 086-VESTA-DC, 01-034-HIVE-SAV, and 01-05-HIVE-DUL. Six, the importance of number 2014's contributions to our defense efforts, as well as the recent downfall of the Awoken Prince, this agent is deeply troubled by the idea that a malicious entity might seek to sway or confuse number 2014 through the context of trusted allies. Number 2014's ghost made a brief mention of some kind of waking hallucination in one of its messages. Have we reached out to corroborate that report or provide additional counsel? Message ends. There's a lot to unpack here. and Nice reading, to... Mrs. Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> we did not prepare you for what you had to read. <laughs> Just wait until we do the lore book. They all are like that. <clears throat> I did have one question. Yeah. Behold to tiny VIP number 1786, though he is almost more unbelievable than ERI-223, if you look at his smile. Who is so that? why don't we go over the names in order real quick? How does that sound? Okay, yeah. At the very <laughs> beginning, for decryption key, we have AUN-326. That would the be Warlock Anor. The Warlock Anor, who gave us this stuff. Um, the agent who is writing this, FEN092, is Finchurch. Um, we only have gotten reference to him as being a complete goofball up until now, but apparently he's an actual agent. And <laughs> he is the uncle of Tess Everest, the Eververse lady. Not blood, I don't believe, but yeah, they call themselves yeah. family. Um, so next would be um, VIP number 2014. That is a little trick on, that is our guardian, number 2014, because that's when the game launched. Yep. Um, IKO-006, that's Ikora. Um, ERI-223, those are what they're talking about, Eris. So we got the, current, the information about Eris. Um, and then what's next? And then next would be, yes, Tiny VIP 1786 Who do you think that is? What did you think, Mrs. Ivan, when you... I don't know. It talks about, like, their smile. And I don't know. It makes me think about somebody, like, cunning and funny, like, Cade. But that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I would argue that that non-smile, it's a kind of either linked... You can think of someone like Zavala. But I almost thought of Asher. And it would kind of almost explain them as having a childhood friendship that even they didn't know about. I thought of Asher as well. Um simply because that like when guardians are rezzed for the first time certain characteristics or certain things carry over from their previous life what if their friendship carried over 
That's kind of what I like to argue, too, and I didn't have a better argument for that than... Right, like, there's nothing canonical about it, but I kind of want it to be true. Someone whose smile is more unbelievable than Eris. Who can we think of who smiles... Who is grumpier than Eris, other than... Oh, it's somebody who doesn't smile? Yeah, because their smile smile. is more unbelievable than even Eris. If you look Mm -hmm. at his smile. So we know it's a male, and smiling for them is unbelievable. Only thing you can think of is like Zavala, but I would argue Asher is even less happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then more corresponds to Eris. So down here, AICOM RSPN, that is AI Rasputin. And the AICOM XBLK, I don't actually know who that is. Failsafe. Exodus Black. That's what it is. That's stupid because I said X Black when I was reading it in my head. Oh, I did know that. I had forgotten. So yeah, they, they conversed with Rasputin and failsafe to see if they knew of any other mines of sorts. And then finally, in the very, very end, we have this stuff with this Vesta DC numbers. Um, I don't quite know what all those numbers are, but as far as the reference to Hive Sav, that refers to Savathun, and Hive D-U-L refers to Hive Duel and Kara. Um, so, Elements, do you have anything on those Vesta DC numbers? Those are actual report numbers. Okay, are they from other because ones if, that we've received? Well, no. or No, they or are they? not. The ones if you look up top, this is report number 198 Vesta DC. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but And he Vesta, tells us to look at the report at the very beginning for full transcriptions on 167 through 173 Vesta DC. Right. But Vesta and DC, Vesta is reporting or referring to the Awoken, and DC is Dreaming City. That would make sense. And then Sav would be Savathun, Hive Duel, Dueling Karu, which is Savathun's yeah. daughter. And we'll get into so so yeah, breaking this crazy thing down for you there, Mrs. Hive, is basically um, truth to power is linked to the description of how Savathun is alive and working, and using Dueling Karu to basically cause the dreaming site, the dreaming city, to be in that never-ending cycle. When we killed Dueling Karu. Um, she like it basically put Riven's last wish in. Well, actually, when we killed Riven, it put the last wish in order. And every three weeks, we have to go back and kill Duel. And she comes back, and basically, we're stuck in a cycle. And th- it describes that as Savathun making a murder battery. Basically, she can continue mm, to gain mm. power off that killing forever. And it's based off of an Ahamkar's wish. Granted, is that true? This murder battery. Yeah. And that comes from Truth to Power. Now, Truth to Power is claimed to be written to us by Eris. And there's claim, like, so that we know it's her. Um, it talks about where she was born, her early life, things that Guardians should know. It then goes on to say that it's actually somebody referred to as Medusa pretending to be Eris, which is why they asked Rasputin and um, Failsafe if they knew of any other, like, war mines or is there from the craft mines that have existed none of that's there uh but basically this report shows that they actually crazy enough guardians aren't supposed to know about their early life they were so like freaked out that they looked up records of heiress's early life and confirmed that she is from saint petersburg old russia and they found old photos from what do they say at least 300 years ago of her as a child living in a mortal guardian integrated neighborhood with a tiny 
quite possible. Air, I mean, uh, Asher or Zavala or like something like that, some other individual. Um, and then, yeah, it just goes on to just kind of be like, we don't know who the identifier of the sender is, but we got reference to Sabathun and Dula and Karu. And yeah, it continues on with basically talking about our guardian being very important and being a little bit worried that whoever is sending this message is um, trying to sway us. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. As much sense as yeah. truth to power makes. Yeah. So then, Elemist, do you want to like talk a little bit about kind of like why we have this card in here, or do you want you have anything you want to go over? I just talked. Funny. <laughs> I kind of want to throw it so, over you. So the reason we have this in here is because it's got a little bit of Eris's history, um, and all of this is happening after, like, this is happening after the Dreaming City, um. Because we get the Truth to Power lore book from visiting the Queen during the Dreaming City curse cycles. It's literally some AI that's reaching out and talking to us every three weeks. And it's oddly enough choosing Eris to do that. So right. the connection is odd. Maybe a coincidence, well, but... Well, and... Maybe because it knew that she's gone somewhere. And just right. the fact that it could be Sabathun... And that it, the link with Sabathun and Eris is kind of what makes it like an interesting thing for me. Exactly, because like, for one thing, whoever is sending it knows that we trust Eris because we've done, you mm-hmm. know, great things with her yeah. on our comms. Um, for another, like they know that she's not in contact with us, and be. Like, they know that we've got that connection, so they know that they can utilize it. Yeah. Um, and, like, we, we'll dive into Truth to Power when, we, when we've got, like, just it's an new, entire it's book. It's a book. To just, it's a long one, and it's a lot of talking, because it's, like, nobody... I don't think anyone in... I don't think anyone in the lore community who told you they know exactly what's happening, like, 100%, uh, does. Like, I, don't, I don't think you could say that. Um, you can give an overview of what's happening... But whether or not like it's actually true, it, the whole thing is supposed to be kind of deceitful. It sounds like something Sabathun wrote, if that kind of gives you like an idea of what you're getting into. But uh, yeah, we're gonna need some time. Yo, yeah, like just an entire month. Yep. Well, one thing I wanted to comment on before I put my foot in my mouth, things weren't adding up with my original statement earlier when I was talking about how Eris hasn't had contact with us, and that's why I kind of originally thought that she had left this note for Asher. That's always what I viewed. But once you read this, it made me think back to some cards I'd read in the past. Um, it says that she is still active in the field and has personally denied sending these messages. Meaning so that she's would mean still got contact she's with still other... in contact. And then that made me think back to the conversations between Eris and Asher. And I thought that I remembered conversations after the fact. And yes, just one card to be example is Jinsum Knight. Uh, Asher writes, Eris basically talking about how his condition is getting worse. Um, this morning I cut my finger and bled radioloria. I will redouble my efforts. So this is clearly after he woke up from the hospital. So I misspoke. Ares had has had some communication, at least with the hidden and with her friend Asher. Um, we just haven't had any communication with her since then. 
Um, but yeah, that that message could have been given to us. I mean, given to him through some comms. Could have been left for him. But either way, my point was just, I think that was like the first thing maybe she sent to Asher, kind of to explain where she might be going, which is why I think she maybe went to the Queen before she started all this craziness. But I just want to kind of... And I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to believe that that was actually like a note that she left as she was portaling out of his room. Yeah, that's kind of how I always viewed it. And then I viewed it as like, you know, Asher read that and then got in contact, was like, you know, hey, I survived. This is what's going on with my condition. And that like those two kind of still check in with each other, which is kind of cool because it like makes Eris not seem as like crazy as distant as she might be. The two, I love the feeling that like he's part Vex, she's part Hive, and they like have a friendship about that. And quite possibly they were friends as children, like if we want to speculate. So that's right. a little of my personal bias, I guess, getting in there. <laughs> well, and, and like, but I just wanted to tell everyone that so nobody got confused. Well, and, and so like they in the Age of Triumph card um, that I read, she talks about how they're kindred spirits if she ever had one. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what made me think. They've had conversations with him being awake with the Vex arm. So they're still in yeah. contact, but we won't have contact with her again until Shadowkeep. Until a week and a half from now. Or a week from when people are listening to this. But, yeah. But I think that's also kind of cool that Truth to Power had those little references of Eris before the Shadowkeep was announced. To kind of like remind us. That was kind of cool to me, too. Yeah. That was it. I just wanted to clear up that... For everyone, um, yeah, I'm done. And I have no further comments, Mrs. Ivan. Nope. Onward to shoutouts. You did a fine okay. job reading that thing, man. It was a lot of numbers. Yeah, that was. And abbreviations, fun. especially since I think it was the first time you've ever seen this. So, props. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> when this book came out, like I went through all the entries. Actually, me and Elements, I think, sat down and like talked about who everyone was referring to. We did. Um, so we have had a little knowledge. So you did a fine job. We spent a good you. like 45 minutes just talking about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so shout outs. Uh, as always, Ishtar Collective. Um, shout outs to a lot of the fans that are reaching out and, and giving us love. Like we appreciate it. We show each other and, and you know send it all to each other and everything and it it's just amazing how much love we're getting kind of waiting for you guys to realize we kind of suck <laughs> i was just telling hive anything today i was like i think part of it helps that we just don't take ourselves too seriously right everyone knows we're just over here just as uh as john mulaney would say doing the best we can <laughs> no, trying my best <laughs> yeah yeah, no. yeah, and and I and I told her I think it's also the fact that right now we're attracting the people who are really interested in this, and maybe someday if we ever become big, I'm sure we'll get some hate from some people who aren't as interested. But uh, right now, man, you hear a lot of negativity about. I mean, what regardless of gaming or anything, you hear a lot of negativity on the internet and social media. So, um, so it's, I guess it's this is nice yeah. and refreshing to just yeah. Exactly. Before I yeah, that kind of moves me into my shout out. So before I do, just make sure I want to make sure you finish yours. And uh, last shout out is gonna be to the pretty girl. Better just leaving be. it at that. I think she expects it now, man. 
Right. You're be in trouble if you don't. <laughs> right. And so my shout out is a continuation, like I said, with a lot of like negativity we always hear about on like social media and stuff, uh, or like what people, you know, what I would have kind of thought to expect hearing the bad stories from people who talk about how they get people who are so negative towards some of their content things. We really appreciate it. And honestly, we've gotten even some good, um, I can't even call it constructive criticism. It's like, it's like the compliment sandwich more kind of thing. It's like, I love your episode. This is what I liked about it. Keep doing this or like maybe do this. And by the way, love your stuff. And like, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like somebody wrote to us mentioning how they liked when we took turns reading the voices, which I had forgot about, which is why we started doing it this episode, because that was a great idea. And it is so much easier to know instead of just me reading Eris, Ikora, Eris, Ikora. And that was great. Like, we appreciate that stuff. Um, we thank everyone who gives us love. But most importantly, like, when you tell us, for me at least, when you give me something real like that, I know that you're not just, like, you know, trying to, like, just, uh, what's, I don't know what the word is, but butter make us up. feel, up my yeah, skirt. butter us up. Whoa, I don't know that one. I was gonna, I was trying to say what Elemist was saying, but that oh. too. I'll be over here then. <laughs> I'm not trying, to, not trying to just butter us up, but that you, it sounds like people really enjoy us. So, I mean, that's. Right, it doesn't just feel like our mom probably, leaving yeah. comments. You're probably tired of us saying it, but we really just didn't think that this podcast was going to become popular. Yeah. Um, so We're not I mean, cool. <laughs> we appreciate well, like, it guys we really do well like we were doing this because our clan w- didn't want to sit and read the lore yeah right apparently our clan i thank you guys one. for just giving me something to do with my day on twitter <laughs> me uh, too. We, made some, we made some friends man it's been really cool so right yeah shout out to joey right i chatted with him again this week yeah shout out to everyone for the first time this is the first time in what my you know, twenty some years of life that I've gotten on social media, and that's right. literally just like Orchid has now just become like a regular like friend, and I like text her and whatnot. I think Joey's gonna become my new Twitter BFF. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm done. Does that move? Is that your shout? Are those your shoutouts, Miss Simon? You have those are some of them. Formally, yeah. To Orchid and Joey. All right. Um, it- but also to KM Carol, Twitter handle at need. Nichapur, I'm sorry, zero one. Um, I'm gonna spell it because this is the artist of Aldrin in a suit. So for those of you who want to go see it, I am probably gonna actually retweet it as well. But it is at n e t r a p t o r zero one k m Carol. Um, but yeah, so great job. You probably have no idea who we are but I love the content that you created of Aldrin in a suit and the thought process that like it literally got me spinning on like for the last like 24 hours because I saw it I think yesterday. Yeah, man. It's kind of cool. You don't think of Guardians and... And regular clothes. It was so cool to see. Makes you think of our... our, You look pretty dapper too, you guys. Looks pretty dapper. (laughs) I'm not an Aldrin fan, so I'll just let it pass. I mean, nobody's well, a sister, fan but... of the whiny little boy, but when he looks more like a man in a suit, you know? No, I'll never forgive Aldrin, but that's another oh, thing. I did I'm... pull the trigger. Uh, so. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
I'm going to retweet it now. <laughs> no, I love the art for sure. I think Aldrin's a cool character. He's made to be like controversial, which is good. Good writing. Well, you know what, Hyven? If you choose to have pulled that trigger, you gave pulled pork his guardian. Yeah, that's right. I I do love pulled pork though. I might not like Aldrin, and I'm glad. I honestly think that the cars he was scanning probably would have made better guardians, but <laughs> pulled pork. I'm proud of you. <laughs> we did it for pulled pork. We did it for pulled pork. If you have no idea what we're talking about, yeah, listen to some of our older episodes or look up Pulled Pork Destiny 2. Episode 9, before we okay. were Guardians. He knows it. Bam. This is the... Oh, because uh, that, was, that was one of the funnest episodes I... Like, we sat here for hours. Funnest. For weeks. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Most fun. She's funnest. getting on you because you said most funnest. funnest. Exactly, most funnest. All right, well, we are going off topic. Almost. Uh, anyway. Take us home. Yeah. Take us home. I'm already home. But take us out so I can go to bed. <laughs> All right, so just to remind everybody, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com or leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. Yeah, and- be sure to do that, you guys. Because um, it was actually our most recent review that reminded us of uh, of reading the names the way we used to and the way we did it again tonight. So we read those. It does stuff. It does. <laughs> and uh, so next week is going to be our season of undying prep for the Vex. And then we have two weeks where we're doing the Chronicon. And two and weeks. We're gonna have a guest for that. Yep. And then we're gonna have two weeks where we do most loyal. And, and so we, yeah, we figured that that would give us a month for everyone to get used to the new DLC and for us to maybe get a couple books out. Yep. Um, and then I think Mrs. Hyven, I don't know, you were not there for that, but we did discuss. Of course, I know we've talked about. All of us have discussed then doing some new lore for maybe a couple weeks. But we still have not finished all of the other books that we, even the ones we've gotten from like Forsaken and stuff. So me and Elamist were talking about maybe taking another dive back onto the Awoken for the Forsaken Prince about Aldrin and the Dreaming City books. Um, so we'll maybe do some, we'll probably do some Twitter polls, or maybe we'll just kind of make an executive decision on trying to need to get some of the books done. Uh, but it all really kind of depends on what kind of lore we get for Shadowkeep. So. Be on the lookout for quite possibly a poll or some type of discussion of the future episodes. Because we still got a back catalog, guys. Not to mention all the D1 stories we haven't done. And Mm -hmm. heck, if there's anything you guys would like to hear, let us know. Please. These freeform ones are fun, but it... I don't even know what I'm going to say. They're fun, but they require a little bit more work. And like, if you guys want to listen to them, like... Next week, we're talking about the Vex. It's such a broad topic that we could spend a month on the Vex. Yeah. The Ishtar Collective is its own story by itself, you know, so. Right. Like, next week is going to be a very generalized episode, and we're trying to keep it relevant. Yeah. Yeah, like, do you want an episode on just the Elixni? We could talk for a whole episode about the Elixni. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want me to go on rants about Sate 14 for an episode? I could talk for a whole episode about Sate 14. I don't have a problem with Saint-14. He's not oh, like... I love Saint-14. 
It's not a, not a problem for me. With the headbutt. Okay, they're going on a rant about this. Lauren right, and Jordan, is my you guys, <laughs> let us know what you love and want to hear. And yeah, I'm going to have to wrap these two up. My goodness. All right. Yeah, let, let's, let's call it a night. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, guys. See ya. Bum, bum, bum. Goodbye. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. We're recording. Yes, avoid your legal snags. Don't forget. You know, eventually that's going to get old. I just have to tell you. Eventually? I didn't read the whole thing. I just told you real quick, just to remind you. I mean, eventually it was a long while ago, but... Just letting you know. Oh, right. I'm hosting tonight. Yeah. Whenever you're ready, bro. You got this. <laughs> Pause for editing. Or don't. Up to you. Is that the editor's discretion? Boop. Don't find it. Just you wait. No, 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 no. Gotta get through all those Mara and Zach sexual tweets. <laughs> those are fun. Yeah. Uh, in D1, she was mm. introduced in the first DLC, The Dark Below, uh, as a you vendor. My hand, but you can't see me. Okay, yes. I found it. I found it. Okay, cool. Hold on to it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, one second. I have a Okay. She's just, like, weirdly licking the couch and, like, the couch cushions, and I don't... It's not normal for her. It's all that butt sweat. What? Hers (laughs) or ours? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Some of your butts, what's on this couch, too, mister? <laughs> right? He slept on this couch. It's definitely here. <laughs> okay. Moving on. So I will warn the defense. <clears throat> Sorry. I just came out really British. I noticed that throughout the entire paragraph. <laughs> it's because you're like, ta- it's because you're reading Queen and it's like you're talking to nobility. So you got that regal and you've been watching too much Downton Abbey, so. That, too. Yeah. Well, she said, nope. I'm so freaking dyslexic tonight. Oh, my God. And also, small smile. Try saying that a couple times fast. It's hard. Small smile, small smile. Yeah. Right. I even just tried it. (laughs) A power from beat far curse of the almost last reader it's a long one you're almost there she has pointed me at the true enemy and i will help her i will see my quarry caught clarity in action eris morn hey you said that last sentence yeah he said and i will help her but it's and with your help i will see it okay. doesn't make a difference. Well, you'd waited long enough didn't you to tell I had me to unmute myself some of us don't have just a flip down mic mister how long does it take you to click on the screen? Gosh. It took me All a right. second. I had to take my belly, my hand off Kona's belly. How did you know I was talking to you? Elemist also told me I did it wrong. It could have been his fault. Maybe he yeah. didn't. Yeah, I'm totally taking it. All right. There we go. It's, it's all, all my fault. fault. Let me start that sentence there. Elemist is going to fall on that sword to save our marriage. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it doesn't detract from the fact that, like, 
Hello, Kona? <laughs> I thought that was you for a second there, Mrs. Ivan. <laughs> Callie. Callie wants to go to bed. Yeah, but that was my take. snuggling up on my lap, and Callie keeps getting out from underneath the covers and then back under them and then out. So I'm not letting her back under them now because, well, quite frankly, I'm tired of her foolishness. So she's whining at me. So I might have to end up taking these girlies to bed. Callie, come. Well, Mommy just finished these. No, Sissy's not playing. Sissy's sleeping. Sissy doesn't want to play.